Welcome to the EAT Podcast. This is episode number 14. I'm your host, Jerry. And over there on the other side is big guy, Russ. Russ, how you been, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. It was a nice weekend off. Yeah. And, uh, trying to finish up. <laughs> what is going on over there? <laughs> I'm trying to finish up a couple quick things here. <laughs> Got some sound effects as we start the show. That's great. Got some emails going. The only important we know the only important one though is the cha-ching, really. Oh, that's of course. The, the most important one. So but whether it's uh the bank account being updated or some gambling wins coming across, the cha-ching is always a good uh always a good sound. All right. And I think think we're good here. So we got plenty of news tonight to get to. We got our sports. We got current events. We got some stock stuff. A uh, big lawsuit came down the pike in the OTC world. Um, I got my OTC watch list. I got some custodianship stuff to discuss. It's going to be a good show. Russ, you ready to go uh, over there? Or On a side note, I invested in a couple of those uh, ones last week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I said screw it. Okay. At this at this point, I've proved to myself that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So they um they aren't the. I'll just tell you now. Uh, I'll get into this a little bit later on. But uh, custodial play for OTC stocks is not something you're going to flip in a day. It uh it is something you need to be a little patient with. And I'll get into that towards the end of the show. I got a whole big uh, write up on some custodial plays and what actually a custodial play is. But let's get to uh, current events as we start here. Russ, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, uh, I guess in the, I guess, funnier side or dumb side, uh, anyone who follows, I guess, sort of sports news saw that the Tour de France had a huge crash uh, to begin the tour, uh, and it was unfortunately caused by a fan. So right now, French authorities are looking for a cyclist fan who caused a bloody, cra- bloody crash on Saturday. Uh Technically, the incident is punishable up to a year behind bars. Uh, the woman was hoisting a cardboard sign that, that I guess, translated to go grand granddad. Uh, I think something's lost in that translation there. But, <laughs> and that's not coming from me. That was like New York Post translated that. So, um, And it was pretty much fan idiocy at its best. That's a, Idiocy is a real word. It is now. I said it. So uh, I've, I've loaded the video. You can take a look for yourself. Uh, Pretty dumb way to get yourself arrested, so. Sticking out a sign, and down goes Tony Martin. Oh, Tony Martin, you hate to see this, you know. It, it, I, I don't know what I think of this yet. I'm going to have to take a day to process what I think of the spectators on the side of the road. But, yeah, unfortunately, Tony Martin, and it was just a domino effect. When the riders are that nervous, you're smacked in there like, like sardines, and there's nowhere to go. So if you're sitting anywhere behind Tony Martin and to his left, most likely you're going to go down. You really don't have a chance. Road is super narrow. You down see this crash. The domino effect wow. just spreads it all the way across and closes this road down. So the guys from the back, along with the ditch on the right and left side of the road, there's no place to go. You just have to go right into the pile. You're either going to be held up or worse, you're going to crash, and the bikes and parts are going to be breaking all over. Yeah, so that sucks. And uh, like I said, is French authorities are looking for her, and like I said, it carries a one-year punishment. I don't know if she'll do it, but then again, they, they take the Tour of France pretty seriously, and uh, I think uh, organizers are also looking to sue her and stuff. So she definitely got herself in a bit of trouble. I hope the sign was worth it. Looks like uh, congested traffic at uh, <laughs> Times Square on a hot summer day <laughs> while there's a parade going on in New York City is what that looked like. 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Either that or the LAE on a Friday. <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right, so moving along, we got the the free Britney chants are starting. And Britney Spears was back in the news. She's in a court fight over, well, her life. She's uh, She's got that court-ordered conservatorship, and now she's giving testimony asking a judge to try and free her from it because it's being controlled by her, quote-unquote, bullying and abusive father. Under the court order and father's orders, she has no control over her money and her body, for that matter, where she is just being forced to uh, basically do what the father and the courtship dictates. Um, remember, she had that mental breakdown uh, not too long ago that led to this whole thing. But, I mean, honestly, do you think she's somebody who's turned her life around? I mean, she's ha she got married. She had kids. It was a messy breakup. Um, she's now dating somebody. I, I don't even know if it's we want to consider it serious or she's trying to turn her life around. But do you think it's time for her to control her own money? I think she's old enough now to say, listen, you know, she's doing shows. And, you know, I think she's old enough to say, listen, it's, it's your life to, to mess up at this point. I mean, and like I said, you know, they're uh, like you said, it's, they're controlling every matter of her life, including the fact that she has an IUD inside her and they won't let her remove it. Yeah, that's now, too. Granted, you know, you want to make sure she's in a good mental place before having another child. But, you know, I, I think at this point, you know, you got to let her live her, live her life. You know, you, you hold her down and you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to see how this woman was like the hottest, most famous person on the planet for years. And now oh, yeah. it's turned into a train wreck. But I, I guess I hope for humanity's sake, I guess I guess I hope she's turned it around and then gotten herself together. This, you know, this this what she's saying is true. This sounds like a terrible situation. I have uh, I have a confession to make uh, when I was about 18 or 19 <laughs> myself and two of my friends. Joe and Gary, who you know, who you know. no, no, no. <laughs> Joe and Gary, who you know, um, yes. the three of us decided to go see Britney Spears one night in Worcester, Massachusetts, <laughs> and the three of us, three little fanboys, had front row seats. So I have to admit oh. that I've been to a Britney Spears concert before. <laughs> oh my god! I can only imagine the crusty socks in the hotel room after. <laughs> there was a uh, trip to a casino involved, which I cannot elaborate on any further than what I just did. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And, Listen, every uh, every every young teenager, probably, you know, every girl wanted to be here, and every uh, teenage boy wanted her. It I was can't a, blame. it was a good trip. It was a good experience. It was something I did. I I don't need to ever see her again in, in concert, but check it off the uh, bucket list, so to speak, <laughs> if you want. All right, let's get into the NHL playoffs. Ross, you want to take us uh, start us with that one on the uh, Tampa Bay uh, series first that just finished up with the Islanders. Sure. Uh. As many of us Ranger fans sweated it out, uh, I'm not going to lie, we're pretty salty. Uh, Tampa Bay emerged victorious over the Pesky Islanders, thanks to a game seven shutout by Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, I will say the Islanders showed a large amount of heart. Uh, they definitely deserve some credit. They, they, nobody expected them to go that far, and you know, I'd say you know, two years in a row. And uh, I got to feel for them. It's a tough heartbreak, and uh, but they will continue, you know. Their athletic performance as they will meet the Rangers on Beth Age Black tomorrow. <laughs> no, seriously, they uh, played very well. And like I said, we're all salty Ranger fans. And, and you know, we wanted them to lose. But, uh, you know, I, I got to admit, they uh, played very well. And I got a little nervous for a while. I wasn't ready to uh, watch a Stanley Cup go down uh, Hempstead Turnpike. No, I got to tell you, um, uh, I was sweating every game. Uh, the 
Tampa goes up 3-2. You think the series is over at that point. You think it's over in six. You're done moving on. And the Islanders pull out that win in game six. And then you go to game seven, and honestly, anything and everything can happen in a game seven. And it's one nothing. Going into the third, you have the Islanders. You, you see the momentum is starting to come, and they're starting to pour it on, and they're having those surges. And you're just thinking to yourself, oh, here comes the goal. Here comes the goal. They're going to tie this damn thing up. And the last, like, five minutes or so, I was sweating, sweating the game, basically, going, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And I'm just, as a Ranger fan, I'm lucky and happy <laughs> that they're not in the finals because, yeah, hey, they're playing Montreal, which – Montreal is no pushover, as you can see. I mean, they weren't projected to get out of the, the first series they were in. Look where they are now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, uh, I still wanted – I, I want to see Vegas. I thought Vegas Lightning would be a good series. But I, I got to say, at this point, I, I'm rooting for Montreal. I, uh, I want to see uh, I want to see more riots in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole Toronto-Montreal thing, I guess, can be compared to us Ranger fans yeah. and the Islander rivalry as well because – it's been a while yeah. since both teams have won. I mean, the Rangers in 94, Montreal yeah, yeah. in, in 93. Uh, Toronto hasn't won since, what, the 60s? I think that's the longest drought that's in the league right now. It is now. It beat ours with, what, 54 years? Yeah. yeah. Um, my thing is is that, I guess, how we said it compares to the Ranger Island, their rivalry, except this isn't Canada. This is like, to them, <laughs> this is 10 times the rivalry of, of, of ours and uh I had kind of, as we talked about, as I said, I said Turnpike Cup, kind of had a wild thought of if the Islanders, let's say this all changed, the Islanders were to, were to win the Cup. Yeah. Where would the parade be? Because technically they play at the Barclays Center, but the playoffs were at the barn in Nassau. But there's still a new, you know, how, would, it, would the parade be down Flatbush? Would it be down Hempstead Turnpike? Or would the city give them a parade down 6th Avenue being that they're a New York team. How would that – I wonder where the parade would be. I mean, I think it's an odd question. Listen, if that parade went past Madison Square Garden in Midtown Manhattan, I think you would see a mutiny from Ranger fans. <laughs> I think so, but I think more likely it would either be down Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn by the Barclays Center or Hempstead Turnpike by the Coliseum. The, well, uh, when the Devils won all their cups, weren't there parades in their parking lot in, like, downtown Newark? I don't no, think I they had big. I don't think they had big parades. They don't. They don't do what the Rangers do, the Yankees do, the Red Sox. It's nothing even, major uh, like that. Even Chicago, you know. But New Jersey doesn't have a major city like that. I, it's I'm a good question. Think, I wonder. I don't, I don't remember. It's a good question. I I don't know if you know, like if you have like Boston in the cup, you have downtown Boston, you have major. I, I, I wonder, where, like I said, I wonder where the Islanders parade yeah. would be, whether it would be down Hempstead Turnpike or be down Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn. I don't know, but now next season, now the barn is now closed. Uh, that The last game there was a victory, even though the series and season is now over. And now they're moving into a new arena next year that they're building at uh, Belmont Racetrack, which is only yeah, a few miles go, from where they are now. I buddies working there. looks really nice. I do feel bad for Islander fans, you know, the whole Barclays Center and – that thing took a turn for the worst because realistically they should have just stayed at the Coliseum, you know, but again, uh, I guess in the end, Charles Wang wanted to do what he wanted to, which was a good idea. Didn't want to spend taxpayer money, but greed took over and the town wanted a piece of the action and denied him. So I guess I, this is what you get, but I hope for their sake. And, and honestly, I mean, let's just talk real for a second. They're, they're a team that's been 
to two straight conference finals series and lost to Tampa. And Tampa is the premier team in the league. They're the defending champs. They're back in the finals where they belong. Um, they did did circumvent the cap, and we're going to get into that in a few minutes, I think, with what they did. But that's you know that's they played within the rules, and they are the team to beat. But going going from this, I think the Islanders, honestly, and I'm going to say this objectively, I think they honestly are one or two pieces away from being a legit contending team for about the next, I'd say, three to five years if they can get the next one or two pieces that they need with that coach, with that goaltending they have. And they play the game they play where they're smothering but not too much where it's overdone and they get caught with odd man rushes the other way. Uh, they play a good style of hockey, and with those one or two pieces, I think that they they are going to add. They're going to be a good team. They're they're not going anywhere. Well, that's the question. I I don't know what I don't know what they really need to add. I think they're a pretty complete team for the most part. They play physical. They have a great forecheck. They play very good defensively, and the combination of, of Verlamov and, and Sorokin. You know, I know everyone touts Shesterkin, and uh, but listen, Sorokin definitely definitely got a. Uh, Definitely got some spunk, and I wouldn't rule out him being, you know, just as good as Igor in the future. So, he, uh, so I would think you probably need another goal scorer. You know, yeah, you need that. You need that big one. But like I said, is they they really do play as a complete team. You get scoring all up and down their lineup. You know, there's just you know they're pretty even with that. So they um they have some free agents that are coming up. Taylor Hall being one, uh, Dougie Hamilton on the blue line being another, um, Gabriel Landeskog coming up. I, mean, I don't think that these guys are leaving the teams they're on, but if they were actually able to pry away one of these top-tier free agents, that might be what they need to get them to a final. It's possible. Um, but like I said, is they, uh, they play pretty good all around, and, and sad to say, you know, from a Ranger fans, of course, standpoint, but I think you're right. I think they're going to add one or two pieces, and they're going to be pretty good for the next three to five years at least. I mean, think about it. Let's say they went and somehow added a, a Malkin who could be traded from Pittsburgh or a Crosby who could be traded from Pittsburgh. You know that that team's going to get broken up soon, or a Latang, and maybe a free agent. I mean, then they're, they're good to go. Well, Mal- Malkin maybe, but Malkin, he's injury-prone all the time. Uh, as far as Crosby goes, like, isn't, that why, isn't that why Rutherford left the GM? Because he proposed, a, didn't he propose a trade? And they said no, they're not. He tried to not. trade Latang, and the ownership yeah, they, was, ownership was like, no, we're not breaking these guys up. But yeah, they, they said they're not trading Malkin, Latang, or Crosby. Um, they're Penguins for life, or some shit. So uh, the right deal, I think anybody could be had. I mean, he, heck, they could even go get Jack Eichel for all we know, and that would push them over or just about to where they need to be. Yeah. All right, but well, let's move on to uh, the next series. That's uh, the Western-ish conference with Miracle Montreal. They came into the playoffs as a huge underdog. I mean, they were the worst team by far that came into the playoffs. And, hey, you throw all that out the window now because starting tonight, Montreal is going to face the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning game one of the finals in Tampa. Carey Price, who's been exceptional in net, and that's usually what it takes with a, a, a team like this. You get a goalie that runs hot for a series or two and steals one, that's that's all you need in the playoffs. And they got Cole Caulfield, who has just been on fire with his rookie campaign. 
I mean, this guy's playoffs has been something to uh, to write about the way he plays his game, scoring points, taking the body, getting involved. It's it's just unbelievable. And I mean, yeah, like you just said before, the salty Ranger fans that we are, we were fearing a Islander Stanley Cup win. And I got to say, I'm happy that it's not going to happen now. But Russ, do you think? I know you said you want Montreal to win. Do you think Montreal has a chance here with their goalie being hot and not seeing Tampa all year and anything could happen in a series? And also, Tampa hasn't lost two games in a row in 40-some-odd games. Yeah, I saw that. Since since they lost to Columbus, that's by Columbus, they haven't lost two in a row. Yeah. Um, listen, they got this far. Uh, I think they absolutely have a chance. Um you know, you have Shea Weber anchoring the defense there with Carey Price, who's been unbelievable this playoffs. I think anything can happen. Um, but you have a team with, like, Tampa that coming in, defending champs. They have the experience. It's going to be tough. But, like I said, everybody, nobody thought Montreal was going to be here anyway. So, but uh, I'd like to see them win still. You know, Tampa got theirs last year. I know some people were rooting for Patty Maroon to get, a, get his third in a row. That would be uh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, no, I'd like to see Price get one, and it'd be uh, like I said, is I'd like to see every Toronto fan's head explode watching uh, <laughs> watching Montreal raise the cup. So pretty funny. All right, let's get into some NHL news. Uh, keeping with the Lightning theme, people have been complaining about the Lightning being over the salary cap, uh, especially Dougie Hamilton of the Hurricanes after they were eliminated, and now the. Upset Islanders are resonating the same concerns. Um, it should be noted that after the Blackhawks won in 2015, they were $5 million over the cap as well. And the Lightning actually proposed a rule. Uh, they wanted to upend the loophole of a team being over the cap after the season ends. And no other team was interested in entertaining that idea at the moment. And now look, you got six years later, Tampa Bay <laughs> – is $17 million over the cap for the playoffs. Uh, I don't like the I don't like it. The loophole is there. You can't fault them for using it, but we have discussed several times on this show. They definitely did circumvent the cap in a way, whether it's legal or not. I mean, you added $17 million of dead space that you didn't use during the season to now using it after the season. I mean, look at the two stars they added, Kucherov and Stamkos. You would expect them to win the cup now, and there might be a rule change down the line. What do you think, Russ? Yeah. Um, this might, you know, get the league to do it, but like I said, is they didn't have Stamkos and, and Kucherov for the year. They still got into the playoffs. Listen, they were there. Whether people felt that they kept purposely kept them out until the end is another story. But hey, listen, they had their two biggest. Well, I don't know if I can call Stamkos one of their biggest stars anymore. I think he's really kind of fell off. I agree. You know, I mean, he's, he's been injury, you know, injury prone the last few years, so. But still, you take those two guys and still make the playoffs, and uh, you know I can't fault them for, you know, for doing what they did. I mean, it was there. It's not like you know, it's not like they said, "Hey, listen, we want you to stay out all year, and uh, we'll take a chance on making the playoffs and bringing you back." But it is what it is, and like I said, is you know maybe there should be at least a a, a limit on how far you could be over the cap, you know, rather than absurd seventeen million. But we'll see what happens. It's a lot. Uh, in other hockey news, the Seattle Kraken named their first coach, Dave Hextall, 
many of you know him as one of the former assistant coaches with Toronto Maple Leafs, and he had a four-year run as head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. So they got their uh, they signed their first free agent uh, a couple weeks ago, and now they got a coach. And I guess uh, I guess now they have a direction. We just wait for the uh, just wait for the draft. I don't. Uh, I- I don't. I didn't expect them to uh, sign him. He was not a name I saw mentioned. Um, I guess with Rod Brindamore signing the three-year extension in Carolina, that crossed off the top guy that many people rumored to be the the choice of Ron Francis as the GM of Seattle. Um, but he wasn't mentioned. I mean, I didn't see anything about him anywhere. I I would have thought maybe a Babcock, maybe a Tortorella, maybe a David Quinn. I mean, just throwing some names out there that I I heard Rick Tockett. I mean, none of these guys. Uh, that were rumored got the job. I wonder what I wonder what this guy uh, sold them that he was the uh, the choice. I mean, pff, he's got a heck of a uh, heck of a, a starting uh, season to to catch up to compared to what Vegas did. I mean, Vegas, look how far they got their first year. They were one of the best teams in the league. The uh, they've been one of the best teams in the league since their inception. The uh, expansion draft is July twenty first. The Entry draft is the 23rd and 24th, and then free agency starts four days after that on the 28th of July. So it's going to be interesting to see what moves they make. I would anticipate a frenzy of deals after the finals are over where people are trading them draft picks to not select certain players on the uh, the lists that they, they provide to the league like Vegas did. And Vegas had that good run. Hopefully Seattle has a good run, and it's a success for the league. Just my two cents, though. Um, ESPN hired Mark Messier and Chris Chelios to be analysts next season when ESPN starts their NHL broadcasts. Uh, that does counteract TNT that hired the great one, Wayne Gretzky, not too long ago. Russ, these guys are all-time greats. Are you surprised that uh, they're not involved in coaching? Uh, a, a little bit. Um well, Wayne Gretzky tried coaching, and, yeah. and with the Phoenix, it didn't work out so well. Um, maybe the right deals weren't there for Chelios and Messier because they have no coaching experience, and maybe there's an ego issue there where you're not just going to become a head coach with no, you know, with no head coaching experience. Period. Maybe they wanted these guys to start, you know, in uh, in the minors or whatnot, and they didn't want that. Who, who knows? Um, I can't. Uh, other than one interview, I can't really remember. You know how much kind of personality Chelios has. Um, All-time great player, know, though. Yes, we have the. You know what the personality of Messier is. I, whether that translates to being an analyst, I, I, I don't know. But the guy definitely has the smarts for it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And uh, in other big news, uh, Vegas will host the 2022 NHL All-Star Game. I mean, if there's a place to hold a spectacle, you know, oh, like yeah. that, it, it's, it's Vegas. Um, and the outdoor games will be returning with Minnesota and Nashville as the hosting cities. So I, I like the games. They're a little gimmicky, but I, I still enjoy them. You know, it's 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 fun to watch. So Definitely. Uh, the NHL does a great job with their outdoor games, I have to say. I mean, yes, they have some issues with the ice, but that's just – that's going to happen anywhere. I mean, you had the Lake Tahoe game where it got delayed and then rescheduled for later on. This past year, um, yeah, it's sad because it was a beautiful setting too. It oh, really was. It was nice. unreal. It was probably a perfect place to have an outdoor game. It's just that whole sun and ice thing doesn't mix, you know. 
Yeah, but I mean, definitely. I mean, Nashville, they have a crazy fan base. Minnesota has an amazing fan base. These are definitely two uh, two teams and two places to definitely get involved in these outdoor games. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Moving on to the NBA, you have Kawhi Leonard, who's out, and the Phoenix Suns have a good hold on the LA Clippers with a 3-1 to lead. Um, I don't see the Clippers coming back from this. The Suns have been one of the best teams in the league. Uh, they... They've been dead set on getting to the finals since they uh, they put a, a good regular season together, and a couple of good teams got knocked out along the way. Here, they they definitely uh, are a team to compete with, and they are looking to continue the journey that Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley and company couldn't finish in years past. I mean, the Suns had those great teams of Barkley losing to Jordan. Without that, they would they would have had a couple of championships as well back in the day. Yeah, you had Kevin Kevin Johnson there and Thunder Dan Marley, and uh, but yeah, you had Jordan in the way, so it wasn't happening. Uh, and then with last night's win, the Bucks have taken a two to one lead in Game Three. Um, Trey Young, who's been pretty much the hero for Atlanta and the, the talk of the playoffs, uh, he injured his ankle late in the game, stepped in the ref. I want to go an MRI today, but he was. He said last night, it's sore, it's hurting, it's frustrating. Uh, I, I couldn't go as fast as I wanted to, and when it when I did, it hurt. He added that uh, my blow-by speed, that's a big part of my game. It's more the push-off than the blow-by, but he'll have to uh, take it day by day and uh, see what the MRI says, but I don't, I don't think it's anything major. Just might just be a sore ankle for right now. But uh, it's a, it's a uh, unfortunate thing, you know, getting injured by stepping on the ref in a game. It, yeah, especially this late in the playoffs, it could be uh, devastating for Atlanta if they lose them. So definitely hurts them uh, to compete and, and beat the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks beat the Nets, and if you're going to beat them, you need to be a hundred percent all around. And with an injury like this to Trey Young, I, I think if if it's something serious, the series is over. That's the end of that. Yeah, if if he's done, they're done. So. All right, moving on to uh, to baseball. We'll update for our uh, MLB standings in the American League. You got Boston leading Tampa by a half game in the East. You got Chicago with a two and a half game lead on the Indians in the AL Central. And out West, you have Houston with a two game lead on the A's. Russ, you want to do the uh, National League? Sure, and I might add, uh, if I read correctly, that Houston, uh, despite all their cheating efforts of a few years. They have seven people named to the All-Star team. Yes, they do. And uh, now if we go to the National League, my Mets, I think the only person was Jacob DeGrom. So. Um, I thought a few other guys were having a, a good year over there, I would think. I mean, they're in first place. It is a team effort. They are having a good year. Um, but right now the Mets still hold a four-game lead on the Nationals. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to blow that as usual. So. <laughs> Milwaukee is still holding a three-game lead over the Cubs. That division is just a mishmash. Midwest shit that nobody really cares about anymore. So, uh, San Fran with a three and a half game lead over the Dodgers. Uh, you still have San Diego fighting in there and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. just slugging the ball. But uh, that, that really is, it, it's sad that's out, out west that, you know, by the time we, uh, we're ready to go to bed, they're just starting. So, uh, that seems like an exciting division to watch. And Arizona now, not even at the All Star break, <laughs> twenty nine games back. I didn't know. 
I, I think you can have a team of me on there, and I, I still wouldn't, wouldn't be 29 games back. <laughs> I think, um, like I said in the last show, that that is a, a, a team to watch. Uh, they are going to compete for the worst record ever in baseball. I didn't realize they were this bad of a team. I mean, that – yeah, you have the Dodgers and everybody else in the division. I mean, sure, the Dodgers are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on their team, and they're projected to be in the World Series, basically, or close to it. And then I didn't realize Arizona was as bad as they are. I mean, 29 games out already. What's going on over there? It's, it's a mess. How have, yeah. how have you not fired your coach or cleaned, cleaned house yet and traded yeah, think, people at 29 games out? Yeah, I don't even think a couple wins by the All-Star break would, would change things around. I think at this point I would just say, listen, it's, it's, it's over. I'm not even sure who they're – is it still Bob Melvin? No, I, I don't even know. <laughs> All right, we're going to do, do a quick Google. Uh, Google. Uh, 29 games out. I mean, whoever it is, fire him. I mean, I, I, at this point, I would think the bat boy or the ball boy could uh, could manage a game better than what whoever this is – whoever's been doing this for 29 games out. I mean – All right. Uh, it's Troy – sorry, Tory Mo. Who is he? Coming, his birthday's coming up in July, so maybe they're waiting, waiting until after his birthday. They don't want to let him down. Uh, he was appointed manager in 2000. No. I must be. Re- Wait, this man's been a fucking coach since. <laughs> Am I missing this? In 2017. Where did I get Bob? Bob Melvin was coached from 2005 to 2009. That's how far behind I am. Jesus Christ. Wait, since Bob Melvin, they've had A.J. Hinch, Kirk Gibson, Alan Trammell. Now, damn, they've had five coaches in the, in the meantime. Where did you pull Bob Melvin from? I don't know. I just, I, I just thought I associated Bob Melvin, and that's all I think about is. Yeah, yeah that's – I don't know why. I, I don't know why fucking Bob Melvin popped in my head. Hey, uh, Lou Pinella's not coaching anymore either, just so you know, Russ. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Joe um, Torrey stopped a while ago. Uh <laughs> so at this at this point, this man's been coaching the last four seasons. It ain't working. What's not, <laughs> what's his ca- what's his career record? Does it tell you that? What's this guy done? Can't uh, be much. Oh, believe it or not, he's got a winning record. Get out of here. 285 wins and 261 losses. Oh well that's gonna change in the next 30 games. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I, I guess shit. Bob <laughs> Melvin, shit. Hey, Tony Larusa's coaching though. All right, if you said Tony Larusa, I would have known that you that that's someone still involved with the. Uh, well, the White he, Sox. he's with he's with the, he's with the White Sox yeah. there, and uh, I know he was stirring up some shit for a while too. But all right, all right, moving all right. on. Uh, Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago was ejected over the weekend for the first. Sticky substance rule, basically, ejection. Um, he claims it was rosin, and he was using extra rosin because he was sweating so much. He didn't want the sweat to drip down the glove. Drip, drip, drip. Yeah, didn't want it to drip down his fingers into the glove, and that's why he had ros- so much rosin. Uh, and because of the sweat with the rosin, it made a sticky substance, and it was inspected by the umpire's. The first umpire that inspected it then went to the other three that were involved in the game, and they all came to the same conclusion that it was questionable. The glove was confiscated. It is now being inspected. It was bagged like it was evidence. Yeah, right? It's now 
now being inspected by Major League Baseball and a suspension could potentially come down the road for 10 games. But uh, Santiago said when they inspect my glove, it basically is going to reveal its rosin and sweat and that he thinks he'll be vindicated. I'm basically paraphrasing his, uh, his statement in my own words there, but he thinks he's going to be vindicated. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, we got uh, before we get on with this, we got Vegas. We got Vegas. Okay. <laughs> I'm screwed up with this Bob Melvin thing. Uh, we got Montreal <laughs> at the Lightning starting in about 20 minutes. Got over five. Do I take it? Do I not take it? Do we, does Carey Price in a big game, or does Tampa open up scoring? Well, all right. So let's put it this way: um, the Islander series, when they first started with Tampa, the game one was a very slow game. They got a feel for each other after not seeing each other the whole season. And it was a basic feeling out period, I would say, for a little while. And then. But this is also the Stanley Cup. Yes. And what kind of nerves are going to carry? What kind of nerves? My wife's home. Oh. What kind, of, <laughs> what kind of nerves are going to carry Price? This is a place that everybody's talked about of him getting to that he's not cemented as one of the greats until he can get that cup and, and he that was an email <laughs> all um, these noises i think i'm gonna roll with it you're gonna I'm roll gonna with roll. what the over the over over five okay i can pay for that but that's lessly but I, I think this is gonna be you know stanley cup final game one i think carrie price might be a little nervous you know i i think uh Thanks, yeah, screw it. So we got li live betting on the show. And you're taking the over five. What is the uh, – explain for the viewers, Russ, and the listeners. What does the um, – what does the bet entail? So you throw, what, 50 bucks, 100 bucks down, and you can win that same amount? I threw 123 to win 100. It was minus 123. Okay. Um and it's over five. So if the game ends three to two, it's push. If it if it gets three three and goes to overtime, I win. Uh, and obviously, if it ends, you know, goes to overtime two two, I uh, everything's usually in regulation. During the season, it includes the overtime for team totals. So if okay. you bet a specific, if you bet a specific, well, at least I oh, my bet excited thing. If you, so if you bet, you know, if you bet a you know, let's say Tampa Bay Lightning over two and a half goals, um, and they went two two in the overtime and scored the third, then it would count. But it doesn't count for the overall score. So, okay. So hockey's a little fickle, but we'll see what happens. So just just for argument's sake here, putting this out there, um, <laughs> the Islanders against Tampa scored two goals, two goals, one goal, three goals. <laughs> Zero, three, and zero. So Vasilevsky is going to have big shoes to fill if he's going to compete with what he just did against the Islanders with Montreal. He had a good series. He did. Uh, like I said, this is the cup. I can see them coming out. My hands are fucked up. I can see them coming out and having a, uh, a strong start. And... Uh, like I said, is I don't know what kind of nerves are going through Carey Price. This is the uh, this is where he's uh, wanted to get to for a while, but 
I think maybe a couple quick ones by Tampa Bay is another question. Definitely going to be interesting. Definitely going to be watching. I, uh, I'm going to go with Tampa just to uh, stay. I want I, Listen, I want to see a team win two in a row and then go for the three-peat and kind of have a dynasty. I know having a dynasty in this day and age is not an easy thing. It's not um, something that happens often. I mean, you can look back at Chicago winning three in five years. You can look at L.A. winning a couple that they won. Um, but I, I, I want to see a dynasty. I want to see them go for a three-peat just to keep it real and, and interesting. And so I want to see someone knock them off next year after they've won two in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. But like I, like I said, is I want to see uh, – I want to see – I think Tampa Bay is going to win, but I want to see Montreal win. Okay. So, All right, let's, uh, let's throw it over to some soccer. We'll go to my realm now. Uh so the, the big Euro tournament uh, moved into its first round of the playoffs, and uh, Italy squeaked through to the next round with a two-one win over Austria. Uh, some late work; uh, nobody scored during regular time, and everything came in the extra time. Um, that was that was great for the betters. So <laughs> Denmark easily dispatched Wales four nothing. That wasn't even a challenge for them, even without even with the loss of uh, Christian Eriksen. Uh, the Czech Republic pulled off. A Pretty big upset of the Netherlands, 2 nothing. The Netherlands weren't a favorite to win, but they definitely were a dark horse. Um, Belgium, who's definitely one of the favorites to win, knocked off Portugal, uh, one nothing. And uh, Portugal is the defending champion for right now. That means that Ronaldo is out. And uh, for somebody like me, I can't stand the guy. I know <laughs> is, so, uh, it's kind of like one of those things, like the Patriots would lose or, you know, Notre Dame would lose. Half the, half the country is fucking happy. <laughs> um, uh, but today, though, was the two matchups that were absolute craziness. Uh, the Spanish team went up, yeah, well, Spain for that most part, uh, blew a 3-1 to one lead to Croatia in the final 10 minutes. Um, they ended up, Croatia scoring two, including a, a 92nd-minute injury time goal uh, to tie the game. It was pretty nuts. Uh, however, in extra time, uh, Spain regained control with two of their own and took home a 5-3 win, so they moved on. Uh, and while that was crazy enough, it was outdone by the French. <laughs> um, France and Switzerland paid. France is absolutely probably the the favorite. You know, them and them in Germany, the favorites to uh, win. I mean, they have Antoine Griezmann, uh, Kylian Mbappe, Oliver Giroud is, you know, a horde of people there that that uh, you know, Angolo Kante, he, he they they're, they're loaded. Uh, the Swiss somehow took an early lead in the first half, and pretty much starting the second half is is when all hell broke loose. Uh, the Swiss were awarded a VAR penalty and missed. Oh, so still down one. I could have went up two nothing, but still down two nothing. I won nothing. Sorry, the French put up three goals and took a three to one lead. So for France to have a three goal, three to one lead with 15 minutes left, it's over, right? You would think. You know, there's no way. Well, an 81st minute goal brought the Swiss within one, and then in the 90th minute, the Swiss scored the equalizer, making it three to three. Game went into injury time, and in the 95th minute, France hit the crossbar, which would have been a ridiculous ending. Oh. Um, game headed into extra, extras. Swiss didn't do much, but the French had several chances, and unfortunately, the game came down to penalties. Swiss were perfect, and everything came down to the French striker, Kylian Mbappe, who's one of the best in the world, 
and he missed. It was a save, and uh, pretty much the, uh, the 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 heavy favorite to win this thing is out. French are out, and uh, nobody expected them to lose to to Switzerland. So the Swiss move on, and uh, it, it was quite the ridiculous ridiculous game. You know, everyone that says that uh, soccer is boring, if you, if you watch these two games today, it, they were uh, they were incredible. So uh, tomorrow, Sweden plays Ukraine and England plays Germany to round out the first round of the playoffs. And that's a huge matchup between two of them because this is the playoffs now. It's one loss, you're out. So um, that'll be a, a very big matchup. Uh, anyone likes to bet on them, uh, I would live bet the game because right now it's – the uh, the odds are two and a quarter. I'd I'd alive bet it. Wait till it comes down to over two, but uh, it's gonna be a big matchup. But England hasn't been looking that great. They haven't been scoring, and uh, I think Germany's gonna take this one. And uh, that'll be it for the soccer news. All right, so I'm gonna go on to the <clears throat> the stock news, which <clears throat> excuse me for a sec. Last week, the big news in the OTC world was the announcement of a lawsuit from Takeover Industries. Hey, this is uh, this is a re- reoccurring theme lately on the show um, since episode one. It's the gift that keeps on giving, as I keep saying. But it's a, a lawsuit from Takeover Industries, which is LTNC, against Stan the Trading Man and possibly nineteen or twenty other co-defendants, which at this time they have not been named. And they can be named whenever, but the lawsuit was worded as one to 20 does, which I guess is John Doe is what it's short for. And the plaintiff will amend to include the real names of these people once they are found, (laughs) which I'm assuming it's a bunch of Twitter personalities and the like that are associated with this. So we're going to have to wait and see who else is uh, named in this, but... The show did tweet out the lawsuit in its entirety. It's on our uh, Twitter page. You can go back and find it from last week. It's uh, It was the uh, EAT podcast mega tweet, if you will. And I told you guys if one was coming, I was going to do one. My, uh, my mega tweet originally was going to be a mega tweet of questions for Joe, which I'm not even going to bother. I, uh, I'm done. I'm moving on, like I said, but this just keeps coming up. I, I try to move on, and this keeps coming up. Like I said, you can find the uh, the lawsuit on our Twitter page at the EAT Podcast. Some quick key points from the lawsuit. Um, Takeover held a meeting with a prominent sports figure and his trainer. Stan was aware of the meeting. He was instructed not to mention the meeting or those involved, yet almost immediately began to send out electronic messages indicating that Takeover may be involved with the, that sports figure. Uh, These actions then led to a cease and desist letter from the athlete's management and TakeOver was unable to complete a valuable endorsement deal. Now, we all saw certain Zoom screenshots with certain people involved and a well-known trainer. Whether this is that person they are speaking about in the lawsuit, I don't know. It doesn't name that person specifically. It doesn't name the athlete specifically, but... Some people are saying that was the case, and that is the deal that went south. I don't know that. This is all rumor at that point. Um, Also, in the lawsuit, it states that Stan flew down to a ribbon cutting at Faith Springs, which is their water plant, and learned about takeovers, plans, and certain business connections. 
Uh, he also tried to create a position for himself as stock market advisor, spokesperson, and fundraiser. He told the company he liquidated 99% of his shares so that he could work for the company without any conflicts or insider trading risk. It also says that he contacted Danny Day and asked him if he thought about taking his company public. Danny responded to this that he wasn't familiar with the process. Stan said that he would then do some research to see if it was something that could be beneficial for Danny financially. He said that he said you could raise money and fund your future being public. They did include those emails as exhibits at the bottom of the lawsuit. Uh, a well-known OTC lawyer and advisor on Twitter basically summed up the lawsuit saying it wasn't written well and on some technicalities and proper motions. He thinks that Stan can win this and have it dismissed. Uh, the lawsuit, I'm sorry, the law firm that is that wrote up this lawsuit is not the same law firm that's being used by TakeOver to obtain pink current status. Um, as we know, they have publicly stated on their Twitter page through CEO Joe Pavlik that they are using the Amazon law firm to obtain pink, and this was not written and submitted by the Amazon law firm. I don't know if this law firm came recommended by them or not. Also, guys, June 30th is right around the corner. Companies that are not pink, non-reporting, should have their application submitted and accepted by this Wednesday to ensure their stocks that they can become pink by the September 28th deadline. Russ, before I go on to custodianships, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I just have to ask you, what is your opinion on the lawsuit? As a guy who's not as involved as I was or I am, I feel like I could comment on things, and I'm, I'm not going to, but I could comment on a bunch of things about this. I'm just wondering, as somebody who wasn't as involved as I was from the beginning and somebody who got in a little bit later, any comment on the lawsuit when you saw it? Well, my first reaction was, you know, stock started tanking again. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't look good. Regardless, you know, like I know that they say, you know, all news is good news. Well, no, this wasn't good news at all. And uh, what do you call it? You know, I never want to see a lawsuit involved. Is is you know, it's not going to make a stock go up, and it's you know going to make everybody look bad. So here's what it is. I had to take my money out and take my loss and. You know, like I said, is I hope the stock goes up so the people that are caught holding the bag can, uh, you know, recoup their losses. But uh, yeah, I think this whole thing went sideways, and I, I don't see uh, I see some changes coming to take over industries in the future. Yeah, I uh, I will comment on this. I did try to get Ryan on the show. Uh, it did not work out for a number of reasons. Um, as as somebody who's been involved as I have from day one, I've seen, I've seen it all from what we uh, we as outsiders have been privy to. And yes, there's a lot of rumors, there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of toxic statements. Whether it's stock twits, Twitter, Facebook groups, you know, you name it, anything involved with this, whether it's YouTube videos that people are doing or whatever, it's just. I mean, at at this point. Anybody who's investing in this really should familiarize themselves with everything that's gone on since day one. It, uh, 
it's just alarming to see all the drama and all the everything that's been involved with this. And <laughs> it, like I said, I, I tried to move on from this the last show, and then, <laughs> hey, <laughs> the lawsuit gets dropped. So like I said last time, and I'm hoping I can stick to my word now, I am moving on from this. It, it's just a bad, bad look on many different things. I know people holding a bag, and I really hope for their sake that it does turn around. I hope that it does you know, go to the moon, so to speak, for them because buying in at seven, eight cents and now being around a penny, I do feel for these people. They whether they were sold a bill of goods or believed in something that wasn't or it will become down the road, I guess we're going to just have to wait and see. But, I mean, buyer beware. Be careful what you get invested in. Please familiarize yourself with everything. That's that's basically what I have to say on this. And I'm hoping we're moving on from this after this because I'm I'm basically done done with it. It's, it's, it's enough. So continuing on, uh, I want to discuss custodianships, which seems to be a common trend lately in some discussions I'm seeing on social media with OTC stocks. Um, Speaking of custodians, what yeah. the custodians say when he jumped? What the custodians say when he jumped out of the closet? What the custodians say when he jumped out of the closet? I don't know. Supplies. My daughter, but you brought up custodianships, and I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna tell it." Excuse me. Holy cow! That was like a dad joke there. Come on. Oh my god, that was a bad one, but a good one. I got plenty more. What's the what's a pirate's favorite word? What's a pirate's favorite letter? R. No. It's what? The C. The C. All right, this is enough of the uh, bad dad joke comment section. All right, so I want to discuss custodianships for a sec. Like I said, this has been uh, something I'm seeing lately on social media and in some groups that I'm involved in. Um, basically, just a fair warning that this discussion is, again, my opinion. It's not financial advice. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. Please research every company that is mentioned. This information is not in any way a solicitation to purchase any of these stocks as well. I also do not hold any positions in these stocks that I'm about to discuss. Uh, a custodianship is basically a play where a shell cleaner upper, basically a Mr. Fix-It, so to speak, comes in and takes over a defunct publicly traded company. A shell is basically a public company that has share structure in place no real assets or company inside of it. The shells basically have no business in them and likely will not trade, will not have filings, will not release news. Basically, they're just a dormant company. They're basically a ghost town, so to speak. Share price has been beaten up, usually around a 52-week low. Market caps are usually around nothing. Peanuts, basically. When a custodian comes in, they try and take control of the shell company, clean it up, with the hopes of finding a private company looking to reverse merge into the shell and then become public. <clears throat> in the in the last the last show, I mentioned five OTC stocks to to watch. I'm now going to tell you five OTC stocks that have custodian hearings coming up. These are stocks you might want to look at and watch for news in the next coming week or so. The first one is NOUV. 
They have a hearing on July 8th. They are currently at 0.0008. Another stock ticker is PRDL. They also have a hearing on July 8th. They are currently at 0.0012. There are also three companies that have hearings tomorrow. APWL is at three cents. CCWF is at 0.016. And WYCC is $1.75. I would look for news on those three tickers tomorrow. If custodianship is granted to the companies that are looking to take over them, you will see a little bit of a bump, I believe. If you want to hold it and be patient, when they do reverse merge with some private company, you will see another bump. Also, last week, I mentioned the ticker TGGI, and I said that I would get into this, this company this week on the show. TGGI is currently trading at 0.0036. It is Trans Global Group Incorporated. Now, if you imagine an umbrella company or an umbrella, TGGI is the company at the top, and they have a bunch of other companies that are under them. They're basically a holding company acquiring a bunch of subsidiaries in big sectors such as agriculture, biotech, and liquor. And they're looking to uplist to NASDAQ and become a huge conglomerate. They have a billion. Wait, are you talking about TGGI? Yes, TGGI. All right, good. That's, that's one of the ones I bought. Good, good. That's a good one. Um, they have a billionaire CEO. Their marketing budget is currently greater than, than their market cap, which is interesting. Um, they have award-winning subsidiaries, and they started a three-year road to uplisting to the NASDAQ that started in 2019. Their website says that they have no intention of any reverse splits. They will do share buybacks to, re to gain NASDAQ compliance and requirements. Um, if you look into what a NASDAQ-compliant company is, let's just talk about share price to start. Um, you will need to have a $4 share price. You can have a 2 to $3 share price with certain restrictions. There are a bunch of things that go into that, but they're looking to get there. Um, they recently wiped off $13 million of debt from their balance sheet. This is a stock that you have to be patient with. You are not going to see this double in a day, so don't think that's going to happen. It's not. But what you're saying in the long run, they aim to be $4 a share. In, in, in the long run, uh, anywhere from 2 to $4 to, to gain that NASDAQ price target compliance, yes. Uh, this right. chart, if you look at it, is a long, drawn-out wedge. It's been bouncing around these levels, but the minute news hits, the stock will move. And it's just, like I said, it's something to be patient with. It's something that I'm starting to research. I'm seeing it mentioned a lot in some groups I'm involved in. And uh, it's like, hey, I, did, I just found out now you took a flyer on it. So we'll, we'll see what it does. I got 30,000 shares, so you hit $4, I'll be, uh, wow. I'll be quite happy. That's interesting. Look at that. All right, so like I said, not financial advice. Please uh, research everything. I'm not an advisor. I don't hold positions in the companies I mentioned. My advisor now. <laughs> all right. Well, all for, although you're all for one with the LTNC, so you got to make up on this one. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to try. I can't say that. You're one for one because the genius worked out. Oh, all right. Well, there we go. All right. Genius now, worked the next, out. The next, the next big one to hit, though, I'm thinking it's going to be ICUP. So, <laughs> What is ICUP? <laughs> well, if you look to your left in your bathroom, I put a glory hole there. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> I fell for that one, hook, line, and sinker. 
Um, all right, why don't we run with our uh, we'll end with our idiots of the week. I don't have a quote this week, so uh, I ran with a couple more videos of idiots of the week. This is going to be good. Anybody who's listening on Spotify, you will have to check us out on our YouTube channel to see these videos. Just an FYI. All right, trip one of idiots of the week. What just happened? Apparently, a girl doesn't know how to do a shotgun. <laughs> hey, speaking of shotgun, we had a really good trip one year where somebody did a bunch of shotguns with a shotgun girl. And, uh... Oh, yeah. That, that, that would be my, my bachelor party. <laughs> fuck, fuck that girl up. <laughs> we had a bet. So I had my bachelor party, and there was a girl. That was her job was to walk around with a 12 pack of Bud Light and you paid five dollars to do a shotgun. And it wasn't like you could just take the beer and go away. You had to do a shotgun. With her. So if anybody <laughs> does well, not necessarily her, but <laughs> but it isn't what it is, is you basically cut a hole with a key in the end of a beer and then you flip open the top, it creates airflow and allows you to suck the beer down really fast. So after doing a couple of them, we kindly asked her if she was allowed to do them. And they get opened up Pandora's box, and <laughs> I had this five foot one hundred and ten pound girl doing like five or six shotguns. Who was and, hot? Uh, well, let's let's. She was hot. She was a shot yeah. girl. So I mean, they do have a, a look to them. It fucked her up pretty good. And the next night, I remember the manager being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, but we went to this place the next night, and she wasn't the shotgun girl. She was like the test tube shot girl. And there was a different girl doing being the shotgun girl. So you can only imagine that it escalated for night two. Because now I got both of them doing shotguns and test tube shots. And, oh, boy. Uh, it ended up with a good friend of ours getting a ticket for peeing in the parking lot. We were so fucked up. Oh. <laughs> there, is a, there is a video of that trip on YouTube. <laughs> there is. It actually, actually has like 11,000 views. It's from uh, like 15 years ago. So... Dewey uh, Beach uh, has never been the same since we came through. <laughs> yes. And uh, for our second clip of the week, we, this is more or less the idiot slash ouch of the week. So have a watch. <laughs> oh! Yeah. That'll take out your children. Oh, that was quick. We rolled that again. Oh. That'll definitely, that'll definitely take, out, take out your children right there. All right, here we go. Round two. Please don't <laughs> Yeah. They need to make yep. this though that we can actually pause the video and rewind rather than reloading it. I think that um the common theme in all of this has to be alcohol. Has to be. Uh, I, I hope so. If anybody's doing <laughs> anybody's doing that sober, they're dumber than I thought. I, I hope mean, it's not I, drugs. <laughs> I'm trying to I feel bad. I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, I was a friend of Sarah's of ours, but don't remember the kid's name. Friends, friends that she was friends with, and I said friends a lot. Um, <laughs> we went to a house party, and I was eighteen or nineteen. I was pretty reckless, and I remember being hammered. And I said, "Watch this!" And they had a row of hedges, and I remember jumping through and just destroying the hedges. And I think back now, if that was me as an adult, like coming out of my yard, I'd be like, I'd be like, "What, what a fucking asshole!" <laughs> But, uh, so I've done many drunk things in my day, and uh, but we won't get into too many of them here. I'm, I think my mom's watching. 
Uh, well, well, you know what? We'll, we'll tell her not to watch the next show, and maybe we'll get into a few of them because we do have a lot of funny stories from what we've done in the past. I mean, pff, that Dewey Beach trip was uh, was great. Yeah, and I might have shit my pants a time or two. <laughs> so that'll be a story for another day. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. This was uh, episode number 14. Hey, uh, Russ, next week is July 4th week. We're going to take a week off. We're not going to yes. do a show. And let me remind everybody, <clears throat> please, please, uh, the hell is his name for the Giants place of the Buccaneers now? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, oh, he blew half his hand off. Um, yeah, three, hand, three hands, three finger Sam. Why am um, I thinking Yuminyora? Is that it? No, no, no. Yuminyora no. didn't. Uh, that was the other one. It wasn't straight hand. You you, know, you you play with Yuminyora. Tuck. Uh, Justin Tuck. Tuck. Yes, please. This, you know, I'll, I'll do a quick story with, with that one. But uh, please be careful with the fireworks. And uh, at this point in my life, I don't light them off anymore. But I do remember a lot of alcohol being involved and taking three-inch mortars and tying them together, lighting them in my hand, and then throwing them in the street. Somehow we had a block of cool neighbors that nobody came out because one mortar would blow. It'd blow the other two into the neighbor's yard, and then they would blow in the yard. <laughs> this, went, yeah, this went on for uh, – and I think it was July 4th. It was like July 3rd or July 5th. It was like the day after. Oh, so you, you were those guys that I have an issue with now that like a Memorial Day lighting of fireworks, and there's no reason for it. It should just be on the day itself, and that's it. You were one of those lighting well, off fireworks not on the day. Yeah. They were there. I, I want to say it was July third because we, they were they were there and we, we, were, we were drunk and uh, seemed like a good idea at the time. And then thinking back, I, I easily could have blew my hand off. So nowadays it's just more or less. I'll, I'll let the other people do that. Now just stand by. <laughs> All right. So like I said, there will be no show next week. Happy Fourth of July to everybody watching, and we will be back the following week. Uh, Russ, I'm working on a guest for that Monday. Um, I'm 99% sure that he's coming on. It's somebody in the stock world. I just need to confirm with him that he's coming. Once I get a confirmation, I will send out the tweet that he has confirmed and coming on. But I believe the show will be the Monday after next week, as long as he's coming on. I won't give any names yet until uh, it's definitely confirmed. But I, from what I'm what I'm reading on emails and back and forth with him, he uh, he's good to go. He is going to be away next week. So just as long as he comes back on time and everything is good. We'll be good to go. It's uh, someone in the stock world, like I said, very involved in stocks. All right. Uh, should be fun. And then, uh, like I said, that's, uh, I want to say, I want to say 4 2 Tampa Bay tonight. Even though I want Montreal, I'm going to say 4 to 2 Tampa Bay tonight. 4 2 Tampa over the five goals. If the six goals or more comes, you win 130 bucks, 23 bucks. What was it? No, it was one twenty-three to win a hundred. One twenty-three to win a hundred. So you'll be a hundred. You'll have a hundred bucks. Okay, I'll keep an eye on that. Like I said, I think Tampa's coming out of the series. We'll see. All right, but until uh, next show, enjoy the holiday. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you guys in uh, in two weeks. All From right, New York. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.